Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. It is Thursday, January 19th. Thank you so much for joining us. We welcome you to the show. My name's Homer Lopez. What do we do? The physical delivery of gold and silver. It's so simple. Give us a call, 1-800-951-0592. The lovely Arlene's in today to take your phone call, answer your question, walk you through your order. Or you can go check us out online at allamericangold.com. Take a look at the product. Perhaps you decide to order the books that we recommend. Or you can get the news to disturb the comfortable. It's all there for you, and it's put together and brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. And it's CEO and owner. His name's Joe Jaquin, and he grinds it out daily to make sure you're in the know and delivers economics with attitude. Joe, tomorrow's the inauguration of President-elect. And we will not have to say president-elect anymore. We can get rid of the elect coming tomorrow. I hope all of you are having a great day. Uh, For those of you that are getting ready to head up north, maybe you're going to get some skiing in, or maybe, I don't know, go to Sedona and look at the rocks. want to make sure you stop by on your way out of town. If you're heading up north on the I-17, check out Chalene's in Black Canyon City. Uh, Keith, uh, the he's owned the place now for uh, over a year now. He's a, a great customer of ours, a, a good friend of of the Patriot Trading Group, and and I, you know me, I love doing business with like minded people. So if you're if you're getting out, uh, heading out of Dodge uh, as you're going up the I seventeen, uh, stop over at Chili's. They got great barbecue there. Homer and I, we've been there a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, it's so easy to find when we say right, right off the freeway. It's right off the right freeway. Off. You they pass, got a big dinosaur out there. You got you passed Anthem. You passed that outlet mall. About five more miles. That's up yeah. on the right hand side. Can't miss it. Great place. I'm here to tell you, good grub. There Check them go. out. Check those guys out. Uh, Keith was in this morning, and uh, just wow, all kinds of things happening. We had. Uh, Janet Yellen speaking after the gold markets closed yesterday. Uh, fascinating. I always am intrigued because, you know, when when you are, are someone like me, and I do a lot of research, you know, Homer said, you know, I, I'm always constantly, you know, I, I, I subscribe to these newsletters and all these other places, and I get all this data all the time. What she, her spin on the economy is, and of course, their job, as I've I've learned it now, is really to come up with the the brightest, best picture possible, regardless of whether the data actually supports that or not, right? Because they're all about the the confidence, because they know the money is not back. It's just a piece of paper. Right, I mean, there has, there is no value to it, except for what the perceived value, and, and that is the, her job. Then we had the ECB, Mario Draghi. He is the European Federal Reserve Chief. He was out this morning, and it's funny because a little more reality out of the European Central Bank than out of the United States Central Bank. Uh, We'll discuss uh, both of those situations. Uh, We had jobless claims today. We had the government. I'll I'll tell you what, this really makes 
sense to me. The government this morning came out, I guess it was yesterday, late yesterday, big article in the Wall Street Journal. Apparently, the student loan problem, and I say problem because, you know, they, they, they decided decades ago that we weren't educated enough, allegedly. And, and, and you hear them say it ad infinitum, and, and they took college from, you know, you used to be able to go to college back, you know, back when Janet Yellen was going to school. You could go to the Ivy League for four or $5,000 a year. I don't even know what it would cost to go to Princeton or Yale or Harvard if you actually had to write the check. My guess would be that's probably forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. Today? Right, right today. Oh, yeah, I think it, probably more than I that. I'm probably that. I'm probably underestimating even to go like the local schools, like the the ASU or U of A or NAU. I mean, you you really you, you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars a year. And, of course, there's no inflation. And how they finance this all, because, you know, they, they have to turn it into an industry, is they, got, they came up with this great program, the student loan program. Matter of fact, there's not a person out there, especially our age. We know a bunch of people. And I mean a bunch. Probably, you know, the, the realities are is, I would venture to say, I don't know if it's half, but it's at least 30, 30 35% of our friends, and, and, and our friends, you're talking about, hey, we're in the 40s and 50s, okay? Late 40s, early 50s. That's kind of homerized. That's our crowd, our group. Our demographic. They've got student loans still. Well, the government came out and said, you know what? We made a mistake. The problem of lack of payment, and I'm going to say this, this wasn't even a mistake. The number of people not paying their student loans overnight. So what we do yesterday morning and what we know this morning has changed dramatically and I and now I'm kind of like how is all of this gonna this is not going to work now you you know it's just another log onto the fire we're gonna talk all about it next Patriot Radio News Hour we'll be back after the break Love. 
I, I, he's throwing me off. I mean, we've got this dress code here, right? It is casual. Absolutely is. I mean, I got a polo shirt on with my jeans because it's Arizona, and, and we pretend that it's wintertime here, and we wear jeans. And then we get bored. So just go back to shorts. Right. It is. We get bored. Well, okay, enough jeans. It's too, too warm. And not that it's perfectly warm. But, but you've got your khaki shorts on. A nice button A button-down, long sleeve with a sweater vest. How you do? <laughs> and what color is that? Is that salmon? That's red. It's, it's more red than salmon. I don't know. You don't know. You know, our listeners really care. They do. They do. I'm trying to paint the picture. <laughs> I think you're just busting my chops here. That's all you're doing. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to say this. You look very handsome. Well, thank you. You look very thank handsome. You. Thank you. Uh, you, I'm going to talk about the student debt, and then we're going to talk about the this. Now, by the way, the student debt problem did not make the front page of the Wall Street Journal. What did make the front page, however, was uh, you know, and just another one of these things. It was, and let me just say, I'll just read it to you. What exactly does money smell like? They're talking about, you know, paper money. And then it says, hint, sweaty palms. Right here, here you go. Here you go, right? Again, this is what the, I'll call it the subliminal attack on why they're going to get rid of the money. Well, you know what? We we went with the terrorist thing, right? We went with drug dealer. We went black market. None of that. It's just smelly. How's that, right? I you know why not? But but, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I mean that I'm not kidding. So I will say this though: somebody does have a sense of humor at the Wall Street Journal because above the headline it says student debt picture darkens, okay? It actually didn't darken. That's not true. What happened was... They're shedding light on the darkness? Well, they, they, they're they calling it... They had a programming error, is what they're saying. So the, the situation has been horrible from the get-go. The, the government's just now getting around to figuring it out. But right above that headline, there's a picture of a street with a huge sinkhole in it. And, and uh, it was in California, and I just thought that was very appropriate to have the big sinkhole above the student debt picture darkened, because this is really what's happening. Very apropos. Amazing. Many more students have actually defaulted or failed to pay back their college loans than the U.S. government previously believed. Last Friday... The Education Department released a memo. Now, I said, and okay, this was Friday. I'm just finding out about it today because they they released a memo. Oh, well, uh, can you imagine how that went? All of a sudden, some bean counter in a county is like, you know, we keep saying that this many people aren't paying, but when I look at it, 
sure feels like a lot. We're getting a lot less people paying it back than what we're saying, right? I'm sure somebody, at least one worker, was like, you know, wait a minute. We keep saying that X amount, you know, 20, 30% of these people don't pay back their student loan. But yet, we're not getting nearly that much money remitted every month. And then somebody actually figured out, oh, whoopsie. Now, common sense would have said, okay, we know, we know that every month, the the public owes us X amount of money to pay back their student loan, right? And let's just say we know student loans, it's over a trillion dollars. People have borrowed over a trillion dollars. The number's skyrocketing. It's unpayable. I mean, think about this. Our entire nation, we went 205 years as a country before we racked up a trillion dollars in debt. Now, just to attend college, we have well over a trillion dollars worth of debt, and it's getting worse. But you would think, and let's just say, let's just keep it simple. Let's just say every month that the government was expecting $10 billion in remittance. Okay. And let's just say, you know, whatever number they got, let's just say they got $5 billion. You'd kind of be able to say, oh, it looks like about half the people aren't paying. But that's, of course, that would have made too much sense. That's not what they did. But let me, I guess I should just read what happened, and we can all find out together. So the Education Department, they released a memo saying that it overstated the student loan re- repayment rates at most college and trade schools and have provided an update to the number. The Wall Street Journal analyzed the new numbers. I don't know why you would think you could just read them, but apparently they didn't want... They tried to even cover this up. The data revealed that the department previously had overstated repayment rates for 99.8% of all college and trade schools in the country. <laughs> right? So the labor so the education department said, you know, we didn't we didn't overstate all the numbers. That was the memo. You know, we, okay, we, we got a problem, but it wasn't all of them. But no, apparently, it was only 99.8% of them. So there must have been a couple of schools out there that only had, you know, a few people that had a loan. The new analysis shows that more, at more than 1,000 colleges and trade schools, or well over 25% of all higher education schools, okay? Wow. At least half or more of the students had defaulted or failed to pay down at least $1 of 
debt in seven years. Okay. Is this on? Is this working? In over 25% of all the schools, 50% or more of the students who had a student loan to attend that university, college, or trade school has not paid down a single dollar in seven years. Well, I should say, at least seven years. The changes could have implications for federal policies. I would hope so. Some lawmakers endorse the idea of punishing the colleges. <laughs> See, it's their fault. It's your fault, colleges. How is it the colleges' fault? How can they misreport so badly? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like them saying that we're at full employment. But this is what you have to believe. And, of course, I knew it. We are just sitting here. We are on the press. And I guess this is, I guess, I'm, I'm thinking about over the next 10 years. Because all of our friends, we now come into the late 50s, early 60s, and I guess early to mid-60s, in the next 10 years. And you're going to have this Social Security is going to be broke. At the same time, all of these people, hundreds of thousands, millions of Americans, are going to have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of unpaid student loans to go on top of it. This isn't the first time that data problems have affected the education department. A recent government report criticized how the, the department tracks information. Well, obviously not very well. They're saying now, and I'm trying to find, and, and in here, they're not given the exact number. Let me go to, so then I took that, and then I went to some other sources to find out how bad is the student debt problem in the United States? So now we know that in a large percentage of all the colleges and schools and trade schools, you're talking about 50% or more of the students are not paying. Since early 2012, People have been warning about the rising student loan bubble, which no one disputes anymore. Here you go. Here's the new number, by the way. $1.4 now is how the size of the student loans. It increases by $100 billion a year. And the report out Friday from the Education Department saying they overstated loan repayment rates. According to the data, more than a 1,000 colleges and trade schools, no one's paid a single dollar. The worst school, this was, I thought, was kind of uh, an interesting 
number was the University of Memphis. It had one of the largest drops in repayment rates. Oh, so they they were affected greatly by the misinformation. Originally, the government said 47% of people that went to the University of Memphis had failed to repay their student loans. The new number now says 67%. Two out of every three people is not paying. The university was not happy. (laughs) Again, I'm not sure why it's the university's fault. But when we look at, now they're saying, Almost 50% applied default rates are somewhere now between 40 and 50%. So this $1.4 trillion, we could just count on $700 billion of it not being paid back. I find that so interesting. Let me, let me tell you this. I, we just got a text. Okay. My, my brother, who's in uh, uh, Texas, and uh, he says, how is it possible to go so long without making a payment? I'll pay mine till I retire, he says. And if I'm late by five minutes, someone's calling. Now, it could be the university's fault if they're not doing their due diligence to bring in their money. Because people are, are uh, you know. Well, no, here's the thing, though. The government is is... All of that happens. You get the letter, you know, the phone call. You get all of these things. But the realities are, it's really quite simple. If you don't have the money, how can you pay it? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, slander America, and redefine the family. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. Can you imagine what would happen if a member of Congress suggested that taxpayer dollars be used to support the National Rifle Association? The congressman could argue that the NRA provides gun safety classes and resources to help promote gun safety. They provide an important public service for Americans around the country. However, taxpayer funding for the NRA will never happen, and rightfully so. The reason is simple. Taxpayer funds should not be given to organizations that are involved in lobbying. If an organization puts out ads in support of or against certain candidates, it should not be receiving government money. However, that is exactly what happens with Planned Parenthood. Democrats cry that Planned Parenthood should receive taxpayer funding because it provides a public service. Their pushy claims do not change the fact that Planned Parenthood openly uses their money to get a clearly liberal agenda pushed on Capitol Hill. They will do everything in their power to punish legislators who fight against them. They spent $2 million to fund attack ads against senators who supported an effort to defund them last summer. No rational person can argue the fact that Planned Parenthood is a political organization. This is not just an attack on a few senators. This is an attack on our Republican form of government. 
legislators should not be allowed to give your money as personal favors to their campaign contributors. That kind of corruption cannot be tolerated in the halls of Congress. We want our congressmen and women to make decisions based on what's best for our country, not what will put the most money into their re-election war chest. Public service is no excuse for public funding of political organizations. If our nation wants to fund women's health, there are thousands of independent clinics around the country that could use the money to provide necessary women's health services. These clinics do not engage in politics or promote abortion. When our national government pours money into a political organization like Planned Parenthood, the needs of the people will take a back seat to the greed of these political entities. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In a civilized society, there's no such thing as an unwanted child. Mothers with unplanned pregnancies should be loved and guided toward life-giving choices. At PSEagles.com, you can join the blog conversation on how to protect the innocent victims of abortion, unborn babies, and their moms. That's PSEagles.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. You know, we're we're talking about and, and really it's it's disgusting. It really truly is. Let's face it, you know, I know a lot of you out there, how many of you really needed that college degree to do that job? All of a sudden, all of these businesses out there that never used to require the college degree. Oh, if you want to be in a management position, you have to have a college degree. Why? Have you ever asked yourself that? A lot of you out there are sitting there laughing because you know your boss only got the job because they had the college degree, and yet they're an idiot. But you're not eligible or whatever. It's incredible what they've, they've turned this into huge business. You know, you used to, you know what your first big debt used to be? Your car? Your car? Yeah, but the car wasn't that big back back in the day now. It was a house. Your home. Yeah. yeah. That used to be the first big piece of debt you had. And for a lot of people, that was the only debt you had. Right? People used to have parties when they paid off their mortgage. Yeah, they would set the paper on fire. Right? They would light that thing on fire. Nobody does that now. Because nobody pays off the mortgage. And instead, you do what? <laughs> you take that equity out. Oh, what are you doing? You got equity in that thing. And, and in order to perpetuate, because I, I, listen, this whole thing is just a huge debt bubble, and it's a generate. They call uh, it's a whole generation. Eventually, you have to pay. The government, if they've got to wait until you get Social Security, they'll garnish that check. 
They will. And you can go, you can go years and years without pain. You can file for deferments, and you can file for this and that. And then eventually, and I don't even know, you know, probably seven, eight, ten years, then the government will start what? They'll start garnishing. And now for the first time in history, people are retiring and getting their Social Security checks garnished because of student loans. And the tidal wave isn't even here yet because most of the people now that hit retirement age, student loans are still relatively new when they were going to college. And college was a lot less expensive. And it's just another one of these things when you think about why is the economy doing so poorly? Eventually, you get to this point. Because when the debt first started happening, it felt good. We need to be more educated. That's what they said. We really don't. You could be a manager at a bank. You don't need a college degree to do that. You don't. They pretend that you do, but you don't. You don't need to be have a college degree to be a project manager. But they say that you do. You don't. 99%, I shouldn't say 99%, but the vast majority of your job is what I view is common sense. You know, if you're good at this and you're good at that and you're organized and you can do these things, you can do most jobs in this country without it. Now, if you need something that you got to calculate some form of mathematical statistics and things like that, then you can't be... Yeah, I'll give you a great example. You need to have a college degree to manage people's money? Nope. Sure don't. Now, you got to go take some classes, right? you got to get you know your, your license, but you don't need a college degree to do that. <laughs> but... All of this stuff was really based upon creating the illusion of prosperity. And really what they did is they started tacking on debt to people earlier and earlier. This is the first time in history where you're having so much of the population in their early 20s getting ready to enter into society. And they're already tagged with $100,000 of student loans. Now, some are, some are only 40 or 50. Some are a couple hundred. That used to think about for those of you that are a little older. You bought your first home for less than that. You started your life, got married, had a couple of kids in a house that cost less than that. And today we find out, oh, whoops, we made a little mistake. Half the people in the country aren't even paying their student loans. 
How are we going to have? Who's buying these houses? No, now it all makes sense. Doesn't it make even more sense? Why is it that here we are, it's now 2017, and the housing market looks like 1970s? And what I mean by that, when you look at, forget the phony headline stuff, let's just compare apples to apples. How many homes sold this year? Period. Right? And then you start comparing that to what, how many sold, homes we sold in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s, all the way up through the crash. Throw out the, cra- the, the, the boom years, okay? So throw out, you know, 04, 05, 06, when it just got ridiculous. And you just say, okay, 2016, and that number, that's not, it's below the average. If you average the last three decades before that, it's well below average. Yet they want you to believe that, oh, homes are back at all-time highs. All that's happened is they bought them all. Right? These hedge funds and these... These financier companies, they own hundreds of thousands, probably millions of homes in this country now. Everybody rents. And now it starts to make sense. All of the new people that are supposed to be buying homes, we know they're not. They're living in mom and dad's house, or they're renting Because they've already got what used to be a mortgage loan. Homer's brother, he's 40, and he he was telling Homer he's going to be paying until he retires. And he's one of the lucky ones. He's actually paying. He's got a good job. We're going to talk about the headlines that made the front page. Radio News Hour. Before we get to the front page of the Wall Street Journal, this is here's. You want the real story? A Pittsburgh area mall. It was foreclosed on after its owners failed to repay a hundred and forty-three million dollars, and it hit the auction block yesterday. The sprawling Galleria at Pittsburgh Mills Mall has been in trouble ever since it opened 11 years ago. Defaulting on a $143 million loan, the bankruptcy court put it up for auction. Wells Fargo Bank was owed the money from a 2006 loan, and they submitted the winning bid 
for the 1.1 million square foot mall. The bank was acting as trustee for MSCI 2007 HQ11. Apparently that is the trust that bought the mall in Frazier Township. Wells Fargo foreclosed last year. The mall which opened in 2005. You know how much Wells Fargo bid for the mall? 1.1 million square feet. million square feet, $100. It's clear that Wells Fargo purchased the property to make sure someone else didn't grab it at a ridiculous price. But it's not clear what will happen to the mall now. It's a shame. It's a nice location. It's modern. It's a modern mall. It's nice. I just don't understand why customers don't come here and shop. Because <laughs> they don't got any money. So this is, in, in case you're wondering, Wells Fargo had to submit a bid so they don't have to write off the whole $143 million. The mall was once valued at $190 million. Today, they believe it's worth just $11 million. Wells Fargo had no comment on the purchase of the mall. So now I'm going to ask you this. Where do you think we're really going? The Limited just shut all its stores. By the way, uh, yesterday they filed bankruptcy as well. Right? Sears, Kmart, right? They closed hundreds and hundreds of stores. Every single year, Macy's, right? We're waiting on J.C. Penney's. We or the rumor is three hundred stores. What's going to happen to all of that debt? And yet, the front page news on the Wall Street Journal: Grab a dollar bill and take a sniff. What does cash smell like, really? Because, I mean, that's what people do, right? I mean, you know, you just smell your money. Everybody does it. Custom agents and chemists around the world have long been curious about the exact aroma of the U.S. greenback. I did not know this. I did not know that people were curious. Did you know this? I did not know this. They've long been curious. People want to know. Inquiry minds want to know. What does it smell like? Are you kidding me? The hunt is complicated by the fact that a dollar cent evolves as it circulates from a an inky cotton fragrance. Inky? Inky. Inky. Sorry, inky. I guess uh, cotton with ink scent. Fresh from the bank. To an earthier, let me tell you, when you bury your money, oh boy, yeah, you know it. Let me just tell you that. Uh, greasy palm smell. 
that should remind people to wash their hands more often. A chemist and senior perfumer uh, says that uh, that is the, the, the most prevalent smell. Apparently, greasy palm. Starting with base notes of cotton, soap, and ink, they went through this and they wrote, and it goes on and on. Look how long this is. Starts on the front page, and then it takes up, you know, a good 25% of the next page to come up with what your money smells like. Now, what do you think that's all about? Do you really think that it's been a mystery for hundreds of years? What does money smell like? Or is it what? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's gross. Money's gross. I don't want to touch it. Right? Eric always says, you know, the expression, don't put that in your mouth. You don't know where it's been. It came from the Indian gold pieces because the, the male versions, they actually uh, had an infused design. So they actually in kind of like engraved into the coin. And that. They they thought the plague was in there, in in the little grooves of the of the coin. Well, something it's got to be or an origin from somewhere, I guess. Right, 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 all right. So apparently, the Wall Street Journal now has joined the litany of of people that have said we need to get rid of money this time, not because of drug dealers and terrorists, no, because it's smelly. Yeah, money's smelly. Let's just get rid of it. And and this is really all, it's all coming. I wonder, you, you think that the Dallas police and fired pension had that Pittsburgh mall in it? <laughs> I wonder what Wells Fargo values that property at. Is it the 100 bucks, the 11 million bucks, or the 143 million that they loaned on it? Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. What's wrong with this picture? Almost half of Americans, and in most cases over half, let's just call it half. I'm being nice. I'm in a good mood today. We'll, we'll be kind. Aren't paying their student loans. Okay. The the education department just uh, just figured that one out. Right? I mean obviously that's a problem in itself. A million square foot mall built 11 years ago was worth 190 million dollars. They took out a loan on the mall for 143 million. They now say the mall's only worth eleven million and it just sold at auction back to the bank that holds the hundred and forty three million dollar note for a hundred bucks. But yet everything's wonderful. We're at maximum employment and housing's back to where it was. Well the Dow I mean it's off you know, Dow's down again today. Not at all time, but it's close enough. 
So you tell me. How do you really think this is going? How do you really think this is all going to work out? Oh, we're going to grow our way out? You think 3% GDP or 4% GDP is going to save us? It's not. Janet Yellen said repeatedly, we're at maximum employment. This is the best we can do. The best we can do is all the malls are shutting down. Nobody can pay back their student loans. And we're somehow going to get through this. It's not going to happen. Every single day. And they come out and they can try to pretend. Right? They they say, oh, uh, you know, we only went $600 billion in the debt last year. We were, it was over a trillion dollars. Everybody knows it. We can lie and manipulate all the numbers all we want. But eventually the bill comes due and there's no money there. What I want to know is why wouldn't someone bid $200? My guess is what? All these banks are in cahoots together, right? No one probably knew there was the auction, and they all get to buy their own stuff back so they don't actually have to come out and tell the truth. Now we kind of understand why is it the Federal Reserve gave the banks $12 billion this year. Now you know. Because they all got Pittsburgh area malls, and it doesn't... You, you just got to really ask the question, though. I mean, it's, it's a great question. Why does the hundred dollars win that bid? That's right. Why isn't anybody you know else? Why, why isn't anybody why. else doing a hundred and one? Hundred and one. Why not? I mean, I just don't understand. I get a million square feet for a hundred bucks. I'm in. Collusion. We got a great opportunity. Uh, by the way, gold's at twelve hundred, and silver is at sixteen dollars ninety cents. Uh, U.S. twenty dollar liberties and saints both. Either or, you pick them twelve ninety five, and rolls of silver quarters are at one hundred and thirty bucks a roll. At eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two ninety five dollars over spot for twenty dollar gold. Those are premiums you never see. Dollar twenty eight over spot on silver when you buy silver quarters. Again, these premiums you just don't see. Take advantage. Eight hundred. Nine five one zero five nine two. Everybody take care and have a great rest of your day.